0: sit right on the baseline
1: the big fella from new zealand
0: when we cut him off baseline
1: he started walking in air
2: welcome on to the baseline podcast um shouting out everyone in new zealand who is in lockdown much love to everyone's families it's obviously a tough tough time for a lot of people and um, stay home stay safe you know if you want to um, you know, try and make the most of it and um, yeah just do your best in lockdown there'll be plenty of content coming uh, a couple of special guests today been a little while since me trying to get them on Sione and Josiah Mama of Gleninus Rise Basketball fellas how are you doing today? Hey good bro good, how are good. you? Good good yeah man it's uh, it's cool and not often I have two guests on at once so um, <laughs> yeah if I, if I if I if I'm struggling you can just talk away (laughs) um but yeah it's 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 all good first i'll start with start with you desire um tell me about um yeah your basketball journey how you came to love the game
1: um firstly thanks for having us
2: um, on the podcast bro like we're big
1: fans and uh, it's been cool to see see your success Um, but yeah but basketball for us uh for me mainly come from a massive rugby family um basketball kind of came by accident um kind of had rugby training um training got cancelled so i had to go into the gym and wait for my mom to pick me up Um, and then (laughs) and then they thought i was trialing for basketball so i had to the coach told me to jump on the court and trial, and i trialed in bare feet made the basketball team and loved it ever since and then um my brothers and that like Sione will tell you too like they used to mock me all the time and say basketball soft like it's all about <laughs> rugby um and all my cousins and stuff um and now all of those all my cousins Sione and everyone are more in love with basketball than
2: anything so yeah, yeah I love it what about what about you Sione? Yeah real similar.
3: like grew up playing rugby and having dreams of making the NRL and being all black and whatnot then I didn't grow any bigger and all my mates did um but Josiah, obviously, uh, he started playing first, and me and my brother did think it was soft. We went to one of his games, which is at St. Kent's, and we are looking at each other like, bro, what is this? You can't even touch each other. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of my first introduction to it. But then, um, obviously, like I said, didn't grow any physically bigger. And then when I got into high school, um, Josiah was actually my first coach. So I just fell in love with it then. And uh, D. Rose was like a, a big influence to me. He was like hot at love the time. It. He was MVP. So that was
2: like the reason I, I really fell in love with it. I love it. I love it. And they'll always say like on the podcast, like everyone's got a different journey and a different, not just a different why about why you love the game, but, um, what your influence influences were. And I feel like there's nineties kids, obviously with like Jordan and that. And then yeah. those two thousands with like Kobe and then two thousands and tens with like D Rose or LeBron right. or whatever. And they, 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 this is like, um, in New Zealand hoops culture is like the love, yeah. for, like D Rose or LeBron or Kobe. Yeah. And, um, and I love it. And I still see people hooping down at ASB and Wellington, <laughs> and they got the Teddy D Rose Yeah, yeah. But like, it's I love it. I love hearing it. Definitely. So, um, Josiah, you start. You start us off. Um, tell the listeners who don't know um, what it is you guys do at GI Rise.
1: Um, it's always interesting answering this question because sometimes we don't know what we do.
2: Um, <laughs> I know the feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I guess. Technically, we're a space, so um, we're quite fluid. Um, but the main part of what we do is player development, skill development and decision making, um, uh, developing decision making no. on the basketball court. Um, but no. at the the essence of it is just helping community. Like we grew up playing basketball and we couldn't afford going to private coaches all over Auckland. Yeah. We're kind of noticing some kids getting, real, uh, getting better real fast with, with these different coaches. Yeah. Um, so, when we came into a coaching space, we kind of talked to each other like, bro, like we couldn't afford this stuff. Why Why would we charge um, people these exuberant amounts to yes. be able to access this? So, for us, it was really to help our community in Glen Innes,
0: yeah.
1: um, and then it became bigger than that. It became Auckland, the country, people from other countries, uh, yes. and for us, it's just a lot of fun. Like, yeah. um, we, we definitely lost way more money than we've made, but it's completely worth it um based on the relationships we now have with not just players coaches and community but um just the experience we've had and watching people develop and get better every day um has been the biggest reward so technically we're a space where people come and work on
2: basketball skills like people try to box us into a club and stuff but i like the word space i love it i love it your creative space yeah that's cool um Sioni, can you explain to the listeners who don't know, like if maybe they're from another country or not from Auckland, can you explain how much amazing Maori um, and Pacific Island talent we have in Auckland, and what oh. do you think we should be doing as a community to help right. these kids? For sure, um, it's insane, um, especially
3: like where I'm from right now in Ngi. Um, there's a local gym that I've been running weekly sessions in on a Wednesday, and majority yeah. of those kids are Maori Pacifico, never ever played or touched a basketball. Um, but you know, the, we've been training for now for about two months now. And the improvement rate, just based on their natural athleticism, has been insane. And I think um, you're slowly starting to see a shift. You probably know the Steve with the numbers of um, players, uh, athletes starting to play basketball as opposed to rugby. And I think yeah. there's is that generation of those um, Polynesian rugby players starting to play basketball, and you see it everywhere. Like my brother and I were just coaching at a Great Auckland tournament last week. Yes. Um, with schools who aren't naturally known for being basketball powerhouses, but all these kids are like six foot five and dunking, and and that's yeah. just. Uh, I think we're just scratching the surface of how good it can be. And, um, like, um, just I was talking about GRIs being a space and we've always tried to cater to the communities that are not as rich or whatever, if that makes sense. I mean, we've kind of looked over the bridge at North Harbour and how they've established themselves and not trying to compete with them, but just trying to have a similar level of development for these kids out here.
2: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and, and like, it's never – I always think that I think sometimes people were like, "I'm just trying to find the next kid," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And look, it's mm-hmm. great that we want to get a, a kid to the NBA, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't remember who said it to me, but someone said to me, uh, "If you cater to them all, then you'll find yeah. Yeah. the 100%. you'll find the elite kid anyway." 100%. And and I know there's like people like yourself, and then obviously Lindsay at ACB, like yeah. uh, same with what's happening in Wellington. You know, you've got Jackson down there. Sam yep. Too me like this bro, there's people doing this up and down the country. Yeah. But yep. if you I feel like if we cater to the masses uh and we take care of the game that the community will it'll find us those those studs and when they, and when we get those studs then they'll continue to help us grow the game because 100%. they'll be part of something. Um and yeah, it's it's awesome what you guys do. Um I I feel like the game is in a good space at the moment, but definitely I feel like resources and like you guys having a space is awesome but i feel like there needs to be more resources and more facilities available because as the game continues to explode i mean you've got a million people living in auckland right and these kids you just see them walking the streets you're like whoa look at these kids you know what i mean how can we how as the game continues to expand like what what can we do in places like auckland or or the, the the massive urban areas, to to continue growing the game.
1: Uh a tough question. Like, it's obviously something we think about every day um, throughout this coaching uh, journey and process. Um, I think one thing underrated, overrated, and underrated too. And this might um, this might be controversial to some, some other basketball coaches, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think like um, we don't have like I I feel like we we emphasize organization so much around basketball. Yeah. So like having tournaments and five on fives and everything has to have proper refs and blah blah blah. And I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's the level we want to be at. But same same thing that goes towards what you're talking about, the finding the stud. Um, sometimes just having the basketball experience of opening a gym on Sunday and letting people mm-hmm. run is a yeah, yeah. beauty of the sport. Like there's yeah, there's so many pol- like you know this it's so, there's so many uh, politics around basketball at the moment yeah and I think one of the best ways to get away from that is just like completely shut off from the organization, organizational stuff and emphasize like what's on the street like emphasize, yes. like that's why I love what like Auckland ballers do with um their uh, collaboration stuff yes. I think that's real underrated yeah um I think that I like that you said like everyone collaboratively if we just do our job at helping people get better we'll find those studs yes I think you're completely right like there's way too much emphasis on trying to send these kids to college or make nbl clubs and that probably contradicts contradicts what we do at GRIs, like saying that yeah um but we don't do it on purpose like we don't we don't do this to get guys into the nbl we do it because they want to come have fun and they want to build relationships and it's part of the community like we don't um we we never say to anyone bro if you train with us you'll get in the nbl or you'll go to college we never ever say that but if you do train with us you'll get better you'll enjoy it and you'll find some new friends and I think that's one of the most underrated parts of developing a basketball society. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's amazing. And I and I think like, um, just hooping and and being able to have sessions like, ASB in Wellington, like I don't think it's always used in the right way. Um, yeah. but there, are, you're able to get down there at lunchtime and, and and hoop. You know what I mean? Like, and and that and I, that I think is really important. So I think having if there were more facilities, then probably what you need to look at is, is there some sort of community funding that can bring down the hourly rate so that you yeah, can just come and yeah, hoop? Like kids yeah. should better, I mean, ideally, and, and people would push back if, if I said that someone should just better come down with a gold coin, then that's probably mm-hmm. right. But in reality, we probably need it to be free for the kids right, um, yeah. so they can come and hoop after school um, yeah. because there's probably not enough outside hoops as well. Yeah. It's yes. to be able to, um, yeah, to to go about. I think I think low key one one of the problems
1: too, not just like affordability, but mm. I think like, um, and again, another controversial thing, but I think <laughs> health, the health and safety, health and safety stuff. Yes, like a fun. lot of people, like yeah, you can come to the gym, but it means I have to be here at the gym and like yeah. be here around for an hour or two and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like bro we kind of just sometimes open up the gym we've in the past we've just been bro come in, don't tell anyone just go hoop and if you get hurt you gotta call someone asap (laughs) (laughs) but like but that's what i mean there's just all these different factors and and i understand i understand why they're there like it's health and safety in there um but gone are the days where you can kind of just like and i get it like popakura Rick, for example had like um they did the 24 hour thing and like some stuff got vandalized or abused, like it's on us as people as well to so like if we want these facilities to be open twenty four seven without people having to be there and resource having to be there, then we need to do a better job as the hoop community to like respect those places and yes. make it available all the time for people. So yeah. when you
3: yeah. say um, ASB is not used for the right
2: reasons sometimes, Stevie, what is, is that? Just oh, different so, sports? So no, I think I don't. I just feel like it could be. I just love to see like to see more um, comps going on at nighttime and basically used every single night for hoops. Um, Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably, I'm just biased towards basketball because I feel like it's cool to have like business house racquetball and that sort of stuff. But then when I look at the, um, at the kids that we've got around in these areas from these poorer families, I would much rather see um, these, those kids in the facility, rather than, um, you know, a local business firm right. running yeah. business house sport. Like, it's, it's yeah. cool that you're getting yeah. out there and you're going to have six beers with your mates and go and fall over yeah. kicking a soccer ball. Um, yeah. But in my eyes, that wasn't what I think that these right. facilities should yeah. have been designed yeah. for. Yeah. Um, no. but, yeah. the, but then, again, ASB is an amazing facility. Hmm. And if you look at it, we've got, like, six courts there for basketball. And it's yeah. probably better than most in the country you know so it's already at a higher level right it's it's just that yeah i feel like there's there's so much more that right. we could be doing yeah. um another thing i i, that I feel like I, I chat to when i have skills trainers on and uh, and just coaches in general is um how we can try and help kids be become better people and like that's what we're trying to use basketball as an avenue for you know like if they can come into the, your program and um when they leave, they can be a better person than what they come in. Then it's like, you've used, well, not used, but you, 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 have used basketball, but you've, you've used basketball as like a vehicle to try mm. and, to try and push things. So do you think that like, um, if we can get more kids through, it's going to help the community in terms of like, we look at our suicide rate and that sort of stuff. Like, mm. I feel like it's been a rough two or three weeks when yeah. you, when you look at that. So some of the stuff you see in psych cycling and then I'm like, man, we've got uh, issues with our youth. Like, how can we continue to help our youth through basketball? Yeah, I mean, I thing.
3: think that's probably more important than actually helping them on the court. Um, I think an example. My brother and I have done this for a while now. We've actually asked some of the guys that we worked with that are playing at a higher level to come through and talk to our players. Um, last week, I had Sam Timmons from the Otago Nuggets come through, and awesome. he spoke to him like it was meant to be like a quick twenty-minute chat. And he looked like that guy can go. Like he spoke He's for like an hour plus, and it was so dope. Like, yeah when he, he mentioned who he's played with, like Matisse Thibault, Dejounte Murray, and all the boys are, like, oh, 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 buzzing out. And then he started talking about the journey and how much they struggled at, at Washington as well. And yes. so, you know, I think the key thing that he mentioned to my boys anyway, to my Pukadanga boys, as he said, to cherish high school basketball because I that's can. when um, it's all about the love of the game and there's no business <clears throat> involved and, and to yeah. really cherish those moments and the people around it. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's super important. Josiah and I have always had a real holistic approach to things. Awesome. Um, one of our mentors, also who's uh, working for Harbour, Vince Menhadas, he's always he's kind of um, helped us through that. Uh, awesome. But I think it's it's important, and just also having guys like um, someone I've worked with from the start, uh, Dominique Potter um, he yeah, comes in that. often and, awesome, and trains man. with the boys, and he'll just give them like little pieces of advice, like you know, how high school kids are, Stevie, they make a mistake, they hang their heads for forever, yes. and, and Dom will be there, just to be like, "Yo, like you're all good, like keep going." Yeah. And so those think- those things to me are important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. On on top of that with the skills trading part, I think one thing that's again I feel like I'm just playing overrated, underrated. Um <laughs> but is decision making and like it's it's cool to get repetitions in and work on the skill and stuff, which we do. Yeah. Um, but I think we always try to emphasize decision making on the court and mm. and then relaying that like that the way you processed like for example like shot selection. Mm, yeah. um, if you if you're about to take a shot like what are you looking at? How are you looking at defender? Where are your teammates? What's the time? What's the what's the momentum of the game? And we kind of talk about, like, how does that relate into real life? Like, sometimes you have situations or problems of real life that are quite similar. Yes. When do you take that shot? How do you take that shot? What kind of shot do you take? Yes. Um, so little things like that, decision-making. But I also think, one thing I feel like we've done a good job of um, throughout the three years we've been around with GRI but also we like trying to hold each other accountable and we've made mistakes too, yeah. but it's just like hold the athletes accountable. Like I feel like in New Zealand, um, we've seen a history of this and it's been sad. Like we, we've actually had to pick up some of the athletes that have been in these situations in high school. They're everything like they're the top dog and everything. Mm. And then bro, like, we find out we talk to them when we're working them out. And now they are like 20, 21, 22, where I never went to class. I only went to training yeah. and it's like, you guys are schools and like you guys add like when you when there's a good when they do something make a FIBA or asia nba camp or get a college to this uh, get a college scholarship to this school it's all over your facebook page and stuff but when they either struggle with that situation later or come back and they don't have anything to fall on no level three or anything like that uh, yes you guys are you, like none of you guys are quick enough to talk about it like you know like Thanks. So that that kind of stuff just pisses me off a little bit, to be honest. And yeah. that's why Gi Rise is there is because like we tell people straight up, like bro, if you're not gonna be on time, if you're not gonna do this hard, yeah. like you need to piss off. Like we, yeah, we, 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 yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like especially in high school, like um, I have a story of um, at Pakaranga College before Sione took over, we yeah. were leading the senior A season undefeated kind of thing, and three of my players were just not listening and doing stuff at school to, to high enough standard and we could have probably went that whole season undefeated and I suspended them for not trying to do coach Carter stuff but just suspended them for the whole season and it, and it was really interesting to me that some people it, it, even in the school community were saying oh like what are you doing your season's mm-hmm. on the line and I'm like what do we care about like yeah, it's just a like game yeah it's just a game like these <laughs> kids will finish exactly what she said enjoy the basketball experience while it's there but it's gonna finish yeah. one day mm-hmm. yeah. and when it finishes you need to be able to like make decisions again decision making you need to make good decisions in your life outside of the game and yeah. that's why it, it only makes sense for us and what we do like yeah we teach basketball decisions but we also try our best to teach
2: life decision making mm-hmm. oh, i love it there's so many dimes in there honestly like I wouldn't e- I would even say to some coaches like get on some coach Carter shit like we just don't like th- there's kids here that are amazing athletes and i and I know like I know some of the kids that, that you're talking about and I'm not gonna name drop them here right. but but we we've built some as we will build kids up in high school um and even I feel like maybe I've been guilty of this in the past but the thing is I maybe I didn't know that they were struggling with school mm-hmm. you know because if I did I'd be like hey look how can we help you get a tutor or something yeah but yep. I, I feel like it's a privilege yep. for you to put on your school's blazer and then rock down yep. and get to play for your senior A team on a Friday yep. night. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like your parents, some of which, you know, don't have a, a dime to couple of dimes to scratch together, have bought you that blazer, you know, mm. that's probably yep. lying crumpled on the floor. Um, and this isn't all kids, but, you know, have invested all this money and sacrificed so much for you to – and it's, there's multi-sport athletes as well, you know, traveling all around oh. the country – I feel like we need to be making sure that the kids are at least. And I spoke to someone actually at the the, the Hoop Nation Junior Showcase who said that there's some schools who who put in um, like disciplines around effort. And I think yeah. that if it's not grades, then hey, look, come along, and, and we want to see that you're that you're doing your best. And mm. if not, then look, how, let's see if we can go and get you a tutor. Right.
0: And
2: then also, we talk about these American scholarships, and like obviously, you know, I'm pretty big on it. But sometimes we haven't even, uh, as a basketball community, realized that we need to tell the kids what grades they need to have. Mm. But then it comes to the end of seventh form, and the families were none the wiser. They were just like, oh, my kid was the MVP and Nats. Let's just go get that scholarship. Go and chat to people and like, oh, you've only got a, a 1.5 GPA. Right, the parents,
1: so or, like, or you uh, haven't taken the right courses. Yeah. Like, it. you need yeah, to take yeah. you need to take the right course. Like, we we just had an exact perfect example. Got a talented year eleven at door, yeah, and on his own accord asked, hey, do you know anyone that knows about this process? So we asked Vince Manharis to come in.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and what blows my mind is, there are, exactly what you said. There are so many talented kids that have no idea about mm-hmm. their process, and that's probably on us as a basketball com- community too to to kind of upskill and teach those kids about that. But yeah. like. Again, we have all these uh, coaches, teams, schools up in the limelight when these kids are helping them, and yeah. then on the flip side, it's like, what are we actually doing to make sure they have a chance
2: and opportunity to? Um, yeah, it kind of gets me emotional when I talk about this. Yeah, 100 percent, and and I just think that like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to throw private providers or associations under the bus, but in my eyes, we shouldn't be taking. Um, tens of thousands of dollars from parents um, if we're not g- going to try and help right. those those kids think about what's next, you know? Especially, I feel, if you have... Now, it's just as important for the for the kids that aren't elite to know this info, but I think the parents of the elite kids who are piling in, like... T- t- like Lindsay talked about it when he went on TV on the, the Hui, talked about parents getting second mortgages and that right. kind of stuff. Those parents need to know... About this scholarship stuff, yeah, and I feel that the associations uh, probably, and then maybe some pro- providers, need to be at least providing the info or trying to say, "Hey, look, let's have a scholarship evening." And now, look, now I know that that Harvard do that well, and but let's have a scholarship evening and bring in. You've talked about someone like Vince, mm-hmm. you know, bring in the people who have the expertise, and if you're not going to be able to do it yourself then don't be too proud to reach out to someone else and be like, right. Hey, look, yeah. this isn't my area of expertise. You know, yeah. I might better teach you to teach you <clears> in the post or shooting threes, but um, I can bring in someone else. Who's going to be able to help you get your GPA or, or whatever it is. And it's, I feel that it's disingenuous to be taking large amounts of money uh, from parents. And then at the end of year 13, it's like, see you later. And it's yeah. like, hold yeah. up. Well, you know what? This kid's right. put everything in and, the, and they've also Ooh. put all this coin in. So, yeah that's a that's a tough one i have to ask you boys um we move where we move on um tell me about the great stuff happening at pakanga first um and then we'll go on and talk about deal with after
0: <laughs>
2: yeah the, the, the <laughs> cool
3: school first <laughs> hey um now yeah it's it's my first year uh being the basketball director at Pakaranga college obviously taking over awesome. the role that josiah had previously for for 10 years so yeah. big shoes to fill. Nine, but I think, bro,
1: i'm not that old
3: <laughs> i think um I was very <laughs> fortunate that he was there for so long that the foundations were already there. So I came into a good situation as right. opposed to having to start from scratch. Um, the team, like right. the senior team that I'm coaching is a brand new team. So that's probably the the newest thing that I had to adjust to. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Steve, I've always uh, kind of specialized in the skill development part of the game. So I think yeah. um, learning how to be a, a, a true team coach at the high school level is something yes. I've kind of had to adapt to. Um, losing to this guy in the final last week didn't help, but, um, oh, <laughs> in the semi-final, the same. Me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, just like I said, he laid down a great foundation and, and I think the most important thing he did do, and um, I'll always be grateful, he's laid, he laid down a great culture. So, uh, yes. little things like picking up rubbish around the gym, um, all players before practices going to the changing room, leaving their bags and phones in there, um, and mm-hmm. those are things I didn't have to um, kind of get them to do from the start. So, yeah. Um, that's what we got going on right now. and then, um hopefully this COVID doesn't last too long, so we can play
1: regionals, but
2: yeah, awesome awesome
3: <laughs>
1: deal with. yeah, um, firstly, yeah, yeah, just based on um, it's been cool, my first year here, very unique school. every kid's on scholarship there
0: yeah
1: um, and come from strained um circumstances. So the misconception yeah. is like lots of single parent families, but it's so much broader than that., um, yeah. uh, but every kid goes there on scholarship for free. they all board there um and it's just a really unique place like everything's provided from like your undies your toothbrushes your books or fees and, wow. and stuff like that uh, it's a crazy place so like i've gone from pakaranga kind of middle class um, yeah. in a, in a real diverse um school to mm. Dilworth, which again culturally is diverse but just completely different like yeah. um i don't know like, completely different base i guess yeah
0: um
1: Historically, Dilworth were one of the best in the country um, for a little while in the early 2000s. Um, and they've kind of gone back into the lower grade, so it's kind of cool to um, help them get up a little bit this year so far. We've made the Greater Auckland Final, um, mm-hmm. which would have been played yesterday, but COVID came along. So um, that, that, that's a damper on things, but hopefully we get back. But I just want to go back on what Sony said about Pakaranga and culture. <clears throat> I think like one thing I'm super proud of that place Um, spent nine years there started there when i was 19 and a lot of the kids were turning 19 or 18 at the time so um i was coaching guys and my coaching peers pretty much but one of the biggest things about culture there was just again setting a standard and also like we and pakaranga was never in the limelight for like winning national titles or championships or anything like that but like i think we did like a survey just before and we've got like 43 university graduates from universities all over the world in new zealand It's amazing. Uh, we, yeah, we got, like, a couple dudes starting businesses, just mm-hmm. buying houses, getting married. Um, and, again, like, the thing is, we actually played really good basketball. Like, if you ask some of the top coaches from other schools, they yeah. know what our brand was like. Um, right. A lot of the a lot of the kids that would go away and play reps and stuff would be like, oh, yeah, coaches know what a pakaranga kid is. Like, they, they, they know how to make good decisions on the court. Like, awesome. we didn't have the super athletes or anything like that. But one thing I'm proud of is the culture made – basketball players mm. um, who can make decisions to, yeah. or, or, under any pressure. Um, mm. And that's why I kind of, that's why we enjoy coaching. It's like whoever we work with that's in GI Rise or Dilworth or Pakuranga,
2: that's what we aim to do. So Yeah. yeah, That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Can you also carry on and just chat a bit about the Huskies this year? I, um, Huskies. I yeah, previously, honestly, at the start of the year was such a young team. Um, yep. I what I was like, oh man, they've got some, they've got some guys like, and I thought with another import coming in, there was probably like a mid table finish to maybe like fringe mm. the playoffs. And yeah. With you know w- when you talked about the couple of the injuries that the team had, and then not really having the consistent import presence of two, mm. like if you say there were you know eighteen games, you probably only yeah. had an an import there for probably the a- an average maybe for one out of if you say well, two would have been thirty six games. How was mm-hmm. that experience for you? And then how cool was it to see, you know, probably the youngest squad, probably similar to the Nuggets, um, like five or six dudes under 19, 19 or under, how awesome was it to see all those guys get burned, like, and play as part of, and, and actually in the rotation? It was
1: awesome. Like, um, firstly, shout out to Aaron Young, did an He's amazing job leading the way. Um, Sonny who I mean, Sonny's, like, what the most underrated basketball coach in the country. Like, that awesome. guy's mind is crazy. But Aaron's just leadership and his work ethic kind yeah. of led the way. And then we obviously had Matt Lacey. So I'm just, I was real grateful to even be in that realm. Like, we're all a similar yeah. age. Yeah. Um, and, like, to be, to even be considered for that position was awesome. But more importantly, like, it was no surprise to us. Eh? Like, I know that sounds weird, love- but we had training and stuff. And um, it's hard in Auckland. Like, a lot of the best Auckland best Auckland talent and a lot of them work with GRIs like they mm. were playing for teams all over the country except for Auckland Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's just no culture around basketball mm, at yes. the NBL level for Auckland yeah. so
0: yeah.
1: our number one goal this year wasn't like just to make playoffs or yeah. um, do well like it was to establish a culture of like if you if you live in Auckland you're growing up in Auckland you want to play for the Huskies and I felt like we did a great job this year mm, yeah. and part of that was like if we're going to say that we need to play our talent so Bro, upsteps Dante, upsteps Zach, um, upsteps yep. Sean Murphy. Like, yes. a lot of people are like, Oh, are you really going to try to compete with these kids? It's like, Yeah, they're from Auckland. They're our kids. Yeah. Like, we're going to roll. And they just them. had, Yeah, we're going to roll. And they had an awesome attitude. Like, mm-hmm. we had imports come in and out. Um, I, I will say one thing Matt did an amazing job of finding high character imports, mm-hmm. even though yes. they came in different times. That's so, so cool. all three, 100%, all three of those dudes were all about performing at the best yeah. and, like, being for the team. So Jeremy Kendall for three games, amazing. Chris yeah. Johnson, the, yeah. like, could not ask for a better person. Awesome. Um, and then Justin Bibbs, obviously, yeah. like, um, those guys were just all great leaders and yeah. everyone kind of picked and, and grabbed what they wanted out of those guys in terms of, like, helping their own game. Yes. Um, but it just it genuinely was no surprise. Like, I think our biggest advantage, though, people probably don't understand this, and Aaron yeah. said this all the time, yeah because we live in Auckland we had so many other younger players like Noah mm. um we even had Anahaku um, yeah. who's a veteran yeah. um, those were the guys we were sc- scrimmaging against every it's, day with that squad
0: yeah, it's key. like
1: we probably we probably had the best practice squad outside of probably yes. Wellington Yeah um so like we weren't just practicing with our 12 we were fighting yeah. at, like um shout out to Fitzgerald yes. We yes. were the reserve squad yeah. And every day I, I coach the reserve squad. Every day our goal was fucking smack the star. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. and, it, and I love River. Ru- they River Fitzgerald. He's a hilarious dude, but um, <laughs> we consider him the best practice player in the country. Like he, <laughs> yeah. that guy, that guy was love forty it. in practice. It's um, yeah. Just that, that's what makes that's what makes good teams is yes. like having a great squad.
2: Yeah. yeah, agreed. And and I think that this is probably some lessons to be learned for teams from what the Saints and from what you guys did. That you got to have those backup kids because eventually, yeah. like look, at, like look at all the people that went from on scholarship from um, both the yeah. and the Huskies. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're probably talking like a dozen kids. Yeah. So when yeah. they go, and if part of those guys were part of the rotation, then the ones next year can step up. And even if they weren't part of the rotation, like you're getting to go against, like you said, Justin Burbs. You're talking about. Chris Johnson, guys that have been in the NBA, Kuan Roach down here, Dion Prouster, like yeah. These are these are guys that are elite. And if you can go against those guys at practice, I can't oh speak to, to a kid about that. Um Armin, oh Armin Isahati from Wellington, he was like he only he only got to play, I think, one game a few minutes for the Saints. But he was like, the confidence I get in my game <laughs> from being able yeah. to get go against like high D one athletes, like yeah. it's it's just the whole you walk in the gym and you're like, you must be pinching yourself, but for those kids, it's huge. That, that's exact. like...
1: And there's a misconception, a lot of these high school kids will come back. Like, I think Dante had, like, came back and... Or Zach, I don't know who it was, but they had, like, 15 yeah. points in a Premier game. Yeah. And I remember some of my Doroth boys, like, oh, is he really that good? Like... <laughs> oh, what? Like, and I'm like, you see, you don't understand. When they come to high school... Yeah. Like they can they can score whatever they want if they want like yeah but they're they're trying to like play the best overall yeah. game as possible when they get yes. to high school like yes. you don't understand basketball is not all about scoring it like yes. if people are looking for everything and those if you yeah. watch the game team Murray was a perfect example of this when he was with yeah. um with Rosmany but yeah. like he he would have games where he didn't score much sure. but he just yeah. knew he was the most professional player the whole yes. tournament just the way he conducted himself his body language yeah. Yeah. and the things he did outside of scoring like mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah that's a that's a that's a real dime right there um and that probably leads me on to my to my next point see when you're talking about um skills training and and in, in new zealand how do you feel the the business and the the um like if you said we're categorizing those those people and those businesses like how are our kids coming along from a skills base and do you think our kids are being taught the right things are we do we need to work more on work ethic like where, where are, our, are our kids at at the moment the way that they're being trained yeah i th- i think it's the
3: skill level is probably the best that it's been in a while like josiah and i talk about often all our previous teams that we coach probably wouldn't be able to match any of the teams we have now skill wise yeah. um i do think uh negative to all of this especially from social media there's, um, like, a lot of the highlights and whatnot. Like, a lot of kids would yeah. be watching highlights nowadays as opposed to watching full games or watching how to set screens properly and whatnot. But I think for yeah. me personally, like, people don't understand. Like, I've been doing skill development since I finished high school. Like, I just, like, I knew that I had to be in the gym to ha- to get better, like, myself as a player. So as soon as I finished high school, I knew I wasn't going to pursue, like, a college career, or a professional career. I wasn't good enough. So um, that's where I started. Now, I started training my little brothers and stuff at first. Um, for awesome. me, it's always been about just the, the real basic stuff. Like if you can if you can handle the ball well, if you can shoot well, and that's like from from form shooting close to the basket, um, yeah. and if you can finish with both hands well, I feel like those are the three key things that will carry you throughout your basketball career. Um, I'm not going to name anyone, but I feel like there, there is a bit of um, – it's kind of getting a bit uh, – I don't know the word, but the training community is getting a bit uh, big, if that makes sense. And there's a yes. lot of things that, that are being taught that I wouldn't personally teach. Um, yes. in terms of like kids doing a hundred moves, and then taking a shot, you know, as opposed to like in a real game, you probably wouldn't be able to dribble that much times. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I tell kids all the time, the only two people in the world dribble that many times, is Kyrie Irving and James Harden, um, yeah. and no one else. So I think from that standpoint, <laughs> but everyone is different, though. You know, everyone is different in their teaching aspect. But I think yeah. you know, with what I'm doing right now with the Pacifica kids and in Glennonus. Um is yeah. that like those three things and I've seen like yes. I said, I've seen the improvement over the last two months and then the coolest thing is them coming back talking about their their high school games and how they've improved in game. Um, and yeah. that comes down also to um decision making. We're not your typical skills trainers that we just do a bunch of ball handling and whatnot. Like I actually take a lot of the drills that Josiah taught us as kids and that's yeah. a lot of decision making,
1: like we, we, um, we do lots of whack stuff, like Yeah, like for real stuff that do, people like, are like uh, what the no. hell is this drill? Like I had Dom and Ty, I had Ty Winyard in one week and then I had Dom and two nights ago. Yeah. And they'll open, I had uh, Taki Farrington as well. And awesome. they'll openly say, what the hell are we doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. but the thing is like, we base a lot of our coaches on like, our uh, coaching on like 80 stuff and 90 stuff,
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, which don't get me wrong. There's some essence and gems in that, but more importantly, um, it's like, you've got to be innovative. The game's changed. Like yeah. one thing we always ask ourselves is any training we do, will it prepare our kids to play in 10 years? Because if it doesn't, well, then we're probably not doing the best we can. Because yep. if you think about it, were people like, I, I'm lucky I had a high school coach, Reg Martinger. He, like, it was, I was in high school between 2006 and 10. Um, and he said, let the ball fly. Like, yeah. you are wide open, let the ball fly. Shoot it. And we played other teams that probably didn't shoot a three-point uh, field goal in the whole game. Yeah. And for for him, he was like, I feel like this is where the game's gonna go. Like, play how the game's mm-hmm. gonna go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think like, just trying to be innovative. And we do like we relate a lot of stuff to other sports. So you know, five meter touch. You okay. know how like um, you don't know it. so like five meter touch. You start on the same line, and then you you t- the defender touches the line, and they got to get back and touch the oh, tie line. Oh, you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Five meter touch. Yeah. So we base heaps of our drills on five <laughs> meter touch. Got you. It's to give defense a disadvantage and offense the advantage. Yes. And then vice versa, like we yeah. give offense the disadvantage and defense the advantage. And it's because like essentially in basketball, again decision making, what you're trying to look for is a slight advantage. Like it might be putting them off balance with a crossover or bumping them with a shoulder or something like that. You want that little advantage and then you're trying to look to capitalize on that advantage. So it yes. might be a pass to an open teammate. Yeah. It might be a drive and score at the rim it might be a jump stop and they kind of yeah. fall back and you're open for a jump mm-hmm. shot like yeah it's it's not it's it sounds I, I didn't summarize that properly but what we're trying to do is like realize what little advantages are how to create another advantage another advantage it goes it, to um and how to keep your advantage you know, how yes. to maintain and that it advantage. doesn't always work
3: stevie like i've had kids who have come and not come back like you know yes. and, and, and yeah. we've had kids who always come back because they enjoy
1: the style you know so we've yeah. had kids who hate what we do yeah. and that's cool like, and that, you have guys who um we... criticize
3: Josiah and comment on his instagram first too so.
1: <laughs> which is
3: bro <laughs> i know the feeling
1: <laughs> which is which is but but that keeps us honest and that, that's why we love what we yeah. do you can't um, win every battle what, one nah, of the you... biggest influences what, what a cool influence for me is efficient source and um yes uh, man. yeah you know um, bloody how name always like New Zealand is it, is it Ross Ross M- Ross M- the bench, man, bro. the oh, man bro.
2: Like, the man the man
1: bro like yeah. just it's cool like exactly what you said in the Paul Henare one yeah. uh, podcast I was listening to before like yeah. we have so many good coaches here yeah. in the country um, they just need a chance right like um, but yeah. it's cool to see in the NBL level you're getting kind of like Aaron um, yes. Zico kind of did his thing yeah yeah, um, and so like it's cool. It, it, I think I feel like yeah. coaching community and skills training. Sean is right. There's some cowboys out there. Like we all know yeah. that. Um yeah. But as long as we just focus on what we do in our community, like build it and they'll come. Right. Like the, yeah. the you, you'll figure out who's real and, and you'll come through. So.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and and I think there's a couple of key points there. When I talked to, I can't remember. There was a skills trainer who who'd had some NBA players on the East coast, I think it was either him or the guy that was from Taranaki who's now coaching with Memphis. Mm. He talked about Uh, just finishing with, with your offhand. mm, And like, and I think I know people that would have listened to that episode been like, Oh, what? How are people that coach NBA players? And, but I think the perception is that like you, maybe you, you can just start working on more and more complex moves as you move up. Mm -hmm. But if you look at like, say the, the saints, for example, and the shot profile that, zico had it was like I know i don't want you to do 12 jab steps and then try to try and hit a step back three because like literally you'd have to be I um say kirk penny for example was like one of the greatest shooters new zealand's ever had maybe he could have done that but a lot of the time it's like you're open and and you've got like two or three yards you just Mm. shoot it when you're open Mm. you're not waiting for the guy to close you out Mm -hmm. and then try to do seven dribble moves and like get around them and, and i think that that's the sort of stuff that that you're talking or that you're teaching around the decision making, yeah, maybe like we will have guys that um if you need a bucket at, at the end of the clock, then you're going to teach your elite dudes yeah. that maybe you you will need to go to a step back. But a lot of the a time, lot oh, you won't be. There. It's all right. A lot of the time though, you're not you're you're not going to have time to use those complex yeah. moves. And if you do, a lot of coaches are going to boot your ass unless you're someone who's at the Cookpin level, right?
1: And and a lot of that complex stuff in the clutch, like we always say this. The practice actually comes in your backyard when you're by yourself imagining the shot clock. Like, that's when you learn that stuff. Like, you know, we can complement it and add little things. But I think, like, the main thing with our coaching is, like, basically the fundamentals and the foundations. Yes. Like, but we encourage heaps of pickup play. Like, if you're with your mates in that, like, make root. Like, we had um, Noah, one of our players we've worked with, massive left hand, exactly what you're talking about great with his left cannot finish with his right so we would have practices we would say to him you're not allowed to shoot anything with your left hand you have to shoot everything with your right hand (laughs) and it it looked funky it looked weird and probably wasn't a great training for the whole team but he he made some finishes he wasn't able to make before practices and it's just kind of experimenting and letting kids figure it out so
2: yeah yeah agreed yeah um i just yeah i think that like by continuing to to push on this the same sort of level and, and asking kids to have that discipline, especially in high school basketball, that we that we can generate um, better players, you know, and then also build those, continue to build habits which will be better in life. And I think that probably it requires, I think it requires more discipline around how we train people, mm. uh, probably how we scrimmage. Um, and that yeah. a lot of times I go along and I see a lot of talented kids at high school basketball, but, but they're not they're not playing the right way. And, and I don't want to limit, I don't think we should be limiting limiting creativity. Um, yeah. But there's definitely like ways that we should be coaching better. Sioni, if it goes to you, should, do you think that we need to be then investing back into coaching in New Zealand to, to, to be able to give those coaches the habits to then pass on to the kids? Yeah, um, I think so. I think, um, you know,
3: like I was referring to, them, I think Harbour do a pretty good job of that. Like they have a lot of great young coaches who come under the tutelage of the jody camerons and the Vinces and whatnot i think yes. where we are where we are like south and east auckland like if i'm being 20 years we don't have much of that um yeah and so for me personally at pokaranga um josiah she started it where we allow student coaches to coach um a lot of our junior teams and whatnot and so this year every week we have like this is just for my program personally um every week we have weekly meetings and discuss games and and watch some film and whatnot um but I know BB and Z were trying to roll out a whole uh, certificate thing. We have to do the yeah. certificate to, So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Josiah's shaking his head on that. I don't <laughs> know how much that that helped me personally because I feel like a lot of the stuff we learned there was already values and, and stuff I'd learned from previous coaches. Yes, but um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. Like, I feel like just watching the game and being around it, and also I think grooming young coaches, like like we're short referees too. like that's another that's another resource that I think we need desperately to tap into because Josiah will say like we're at a tournament last week and having one ref for each game and it's like, that's going off topic a little bit, but we're short in both those aspects.
2: 100%. Like I saw, I had Liam who, who owns and runs the Summer Series in Wellington, who's also a national panel ref and he, he came on because someone, a few people requested a referee podcast a couple of nights ago and like, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know, you know, like I didn't realize that we sent like five or six people per year go to international fever tournaments which is great that they're qualified but we need to be investing back in the resources we're talking about facilities we can't have great facilities unless we have more great coaches and, and more great referees um yeah i think i think that there's definitely groundswell in terms of positive things like there's lots of positive things happening in the game but from a resource standpoint i feel like yeah we just have to be better and um yeah but like from what you guys do, like the only way that we can be better is like by taking action, right? So what you guys are doing, um, like that's the only way that that people like us can can help fix these issues is just get get out there and do it, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Like that's at the end of the day, that
1: literally is what it comes down to. Where like, yeah, <clears throat> we had like this might go off topic a little bit, but um, like what what we do is like, people are like, oh, what's your secret? Or like, how have you guys been, been successful? We open the gym door and we walk in and then we bring people in and <laughs>
0: of, like, play.
1: do basketball. <laughs> like, just come play. What? Yeah. And we just do that every day we can. Like, yeah. there's no, like, short answer to it. Like, and I think there's just way too much, like, I think one of the conflicts is like, we have, there's too much bu- business around basketball at the yeah, moment. Yeah. And I get it. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I, like, I'm happy for anyone to get their money and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. make your money but like uh, one thing that pissed me off recently we've had like kind of rich upper class middle-aged men yeah. um we've had a few tell us like oh gi rise is not a marketable marketable, uh, marketable name like what? you can't market you can't market GRI and i'm like see that's the problem you're trying to market gi rise we're yeah. not trying to market anything. Like, it does itself, though. We're trying to... Markets itself. We're to, mm. Exactly. We're trying to... GRIs is not to market. GRIs mm. is to represent. Like, we're representing yes. where we're from. And mm. yeah, we got kids from West Auckland and North Shore and Wellington and stuff working with us. But GI means something to us. And our spaces Like, that just means something to us personally. But the space is for anyone to come mm. through. Like, that's what yes. community is about. Yes. Um, and so, like, I think one of the biggest pro- issues and why we yeah. have stunted a little bit yeah. is because people... Have been trying to, and I get it, trying to make business out of it, but yep. prioritize the business side over the actual like development, community, yep. mm, help. Yep. Like, yes. Uh, I, yeah. Bro, it's cool having these convos, uh in, in, on, in a podcast like this because they remind you and it kind of like just gets you emotional and it's like, yeah. man there's so many messed up things too you know like you have to be honest with it there are
2: yeah 100 percent. and and like the there was the, the point of this podcast was we, that we could have these unfiltered conversations and i think like that the problem is that it feels like we've been running broke in a lot of areas in basketball so yeah. we're having these business we're having to have these business discussions but if you come back to the base of it i feel that If you do, if you engage with the community, and I I feel like it was it might have been Peter Josephs or Lindsay that said this. Like, if you truly engage with the community, and the people come, then you you'll you'll have those results anyway. Mm. And and I feel they have.
0: Yeah, they're a great example. They got
2: they've got full gyms, but I think the difference is that like they've got. I see sometimes that um, Pete will do free sessions. So he's got he's doing free session solms in South Auckland. He's got uh, a woman's only session, so that you know older females can come and feel in the gym, hundred percent. Then they've also they were doing some for special needs kids, and it's like if you are truly engaging with the community, then I feel like the business side will take care of itself. One hundred percent. There's no there's no marketing. Like if if someone was like, oh, how do we market? Like a you you don't you don't need to go and have a marketing budget for the scale that we're on in New Zealand, unless you're talking about. Even say Harbor is right at the at the top of it. Maybe you you have someone who you consult to for five or ten hours a week, but this isn't the Brooklyn Nets. We don't we don't need to be marketing this stuff. If mm-hmm. we're getting people in and look and they're paying they're paying their ten bucks to come along for a couple of hours, you know, and you've got your Facebook and your and your Instagram or whatever, and then you put in more more effort to professionalize if you're having a tournament, um, and you you're doing and you're doing the stuff that you should do to run a good social media because I think the social media is important, but you shouldn't. Have to be marketing the stuff at this high level. Like we're we're in New Zealand here, and the key is engaging with the community. Um, yeah, yeah. and just letting kids ball. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, agree. Yeah, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to add to that? Siyoni, we we're going to close this one out soon.
0: No,
3: uh, Steve, I just wanted to ask you a random question. Yep, yeah, hit me. Uh,
2: wh- wh- why do you
3: think um, Australia have gotten so good, and we've kind of like. Obviously, their club system's amazing and whatnot, but yeah. what you, I just wanted to get your thoughts because I've had this discussion mm-hmm. with um, Ray Cameron
2: before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Ray. Um, yeah. So, so I think if you if you look at the, there's a couple of things that they do at the highest levels, which is Australian Institute of Sport. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that there's there's two things. The Australian Institute of Sport has been a great start, and then put, and then having the NBA Academy. Yeah. Um. So obviously, that's just for the highest levels, but I I feel like if you're able to take care of that elite talent like that and then and then invest that kind of coin, then not only does it give something for those other kids to aim towards, but it's it's saying, right, the elite kids can actually come and we can take them out of their high school and, and we can go and take care of them there. Right. Then they put the NBA Academy in. And now, so we're, the top level is actually being taken care of by someone else. It's being sponsored by someone else. And so now we've seen... Josh Giddy, lottery yep. pick come mm. through. We've got Ben Gold from Tawa College. He's also training there. Right. And then just announced today, Dyson Daniels, the same agency that Josh Giddy is with, which has Giannis under DeCumpo and right. Steph Curry. He's in the G League now, right? He's in the G League. That's yeah. right. And he's just been signed today to, to Octagon. I know Majority King so, was there too. That's it. Yep, Mo King is there as well. Yeah. So like we've got they've got their top level taken care of, which I think is huge. But I, I feel in some ways that the attitude is different around the way that they play the game. Um, I just, and I always felt that growing up that like the way that they approach this sport, this is just me personally, is they just seem to be a bit tougher around the way that they put things together. And then I also think more organized as well. I feel like clubs, for example, dandedong the dandedong oh, the, the, the melbourne the right. melbourne yeah, right? is amazing hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds right. of teams so now if the clubs are strong like that and and you have and then you have a resource base where you're like right i've got to have a coaching i'm gonna have a coaching administrator and he's gonna we're gonna put him on a good salary you know he's mm-hmm. gonna get 70 or eighty thousand, and then he's gonna go out and he's gonna find 40 he he's got, then we've got 40 coaches he's gonna mm-hmm. go and find uh, and and keep we and they're like right we've already got 40 We've got another 10 or 20 coming through that are young wow. guys that can go and sit on the bench. I feel like that club system, the organization, and then I just think also being bloody-minded and just being really determined to try and put in that, that strong organization. And I feel, like I say, you take care of the masses and you get the NBA players. True. Australia doesn't have a population that's – I know it's four times bigger than us, Yeah, but you're talking about 10, 12 – 14 you know getting up to probably 16 or 18 nba players it's yeah a, it's insane, insane. It's the, it's, and and so many more d1 and, yeah. and college wise yeah it's because they put in that basis for years and yeah. years yeah. and now like after 10 20 years they're starting to see the fruits yeah yeah, yeah absolutely Me?
1: it's yeah. insane it's a it's a yeah it's a different world then and it's definitely something we could we should be aiming for like right? yeah or, or trying to not replicate but something we should take inspiration from we're not even
3: sending our men's teams to the qualifying tournaments oh
2: man yeah like yeah and 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 i think that the it's a good chance at the moment i feel for for bb and z when when they're about to um bring in a new ceo yeah that we that we can go and um i'm not saying i don't think we should be flushing everyone out who who, who's working in organisations, but I think it's a good chance to come in and be like, hey, you know what's working, what isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, get that tall blacks program strong. Yeah, get the NBL strong. Yeah, you know? like I think the the New Zealand NBL has some real legs as a competition, but we can't be penalising teams for development. You know, like only being allowed to have two Australian NBL players per team. Right. So it's like, what if what if you develop? What if you have two and you develop another two mm-hmm. and the next year? They have to go to another club. All yeah. these kind of rules and stuff is—it's actually limiting the the ability for our kids to come through. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good time now. You know, we we've got um, the next couple of months to to try and uh, employ a new a new CEO and, and hopefully we bring in someone that can that can talk about some of or bring through some of the values that we've mm-hmm. talked about on this podcast.
1: We're we're in step zero of basketball in New Zealand, I reckon. Like this is so, genuinely yeah. step zero. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So. yeah yeah agreed yeah 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 and like we can only we can only go up from there we've got the talent it's like the base level it's like when you're making the cake (laughs) you know it's you've just got the platter and we've got all this talent but we need to we need to grow it and um yeah a terrible analogy then we can put it in the oven (laughs) 100 (laughs) (laughs) um i really appreciate and i really appreciate you guys this has been such a real chat i love love what you guys do up there in auckland and and I think that, like, even though, like, you know, people like us want, we have these, these real, these really high expectations is because we want, I hope you don't mind me speaking on behalf of you guys, but I feel like it's because <clears throat> we want things to be better and we have high mm. expectations of ourselves because we want things to be better here. But I appreciate you guys, like, you're busting your ass out there in the streets, like, getting people in and just letting them hoop. Like, that's where it's at. And, I appreciate what you guys do and um and yeah, I can't wait to get back up to Auckland after this lockdown and yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, just just be, be there in Auckland and hopefully yeah, yeah see some regional tournaments and, and see things. We together. we we appreciate you being the voice. Yeah. No problem.
1: No. you know, being the voice and, and battling for us. And thanks
2: for setting
3: us up and having us
1: after Paulie, Steve.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> mate. Well yeah, I mean, pull <laughs> there and get the downloads and the subscribers up and then have the big guess after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, appreciate, okay. I appreciate you guys and um hope you have a really great day and, and you yeah, stay safe and lock down with your family. Likewise. Likewise, brother. Appreciate we you. love your work, bro. Appreciate you.